All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And we look forward to sharing with you all the things that the uh, Lord have laid on our hearts to share. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians. The fourth chapter of the book, of and we're going to start reading at verse 11. And it reads, and he gave some apostles. Let's see. Actually, let's back up to verse 7. <coughs> it says, but unto every one of us. Is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive <coughs> and gave gifts unto men. Now he now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that is that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So let's back up to verse 8. It says, Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. And then in verse 11, he names those gifts. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So the gifts that he gave were these men who hold offices. Apostle is not a gift. Prophet is not a gift. Evangelist, pastor, teacher is not a gift. It's not talking about the the spirit of the office. It's talking about the men. The gifts are the men who hold these offices. Everybody understand that? <coughs> and so today uh, we're going to start a series on the fivefold ministry and what their job is. And I think it's important that we understand uh, what their what their job is. Uh, each each one of those offices that we understand how they function and what their job is uh, so that we'll be able to identify them when we see them and also we'll know how they're supposed to uh, function in our lives. So this Bible says that Jesus Christ, he gave gifts unto men after he ascended. And so the gifts are these five individuals, apostles, prophets, evangelists pastors and teachings teachers verse 12 for the perfecting of the saints does everybody see that now today of course we live in a world that even in church people uh <laughs> people struggle with this idea of being perfect 
and they believe and you know even preachers will preach that lie and say that nobody is perfect and that is a lie what did you just read here for what so what's the purpose then of these men to perfect the saints does everybody understand that that's the reason why these gifts in other words these men are given the idea is to bring us as believers into perfection now here's the thing now so let's let's just stop here just for a moment and let's just talk about this whole thing about perfection because see if you throw perfection out of the out the window then you don't need these fivefold and it negates what Jesus Christ was even trying to do. It said that he gave gifts unto men. In other words, these, all, these people he gave to men. So what would be the purpose of him giving these gifts to you if it was not to perfect you? Do they understand that? So let's just, let's just deal with the opposite mindset. Let's just deal with the mindset on the other side of things. If you don't believe you can be perfect then you can't righteously judge anyone. You can't excuse one. You'd you be a hypocrite. If you say, if out of your mouth you say nobody's perfect, then you'd be a hypocrite to criticize anybody. I don't care what they've done. That, so th does everybody understand that? So if I lie, I can get away with it because it don't hurt you and it don't harm you. But if I'm a preacher and I'm out sleeping around, then nobody's perfect. Don't talk about me. We all striving. So you can't look from the road that you're striving on and look on my road and, and tell me I'm wrong if nobody is right. So you see the hypocr hypocrisy of it? If nobody's perfect, then shut up when, it, when people mess up. Nobody can talk if nobody's perfect. You see that? So if you're going to preach that gospel, preach it all the way through. Nobody's perfect. Y'all just go home. And we'll just go to heaven at some point. What's the use in you coming to church if you're not being perfected? Does everybody understand that? What's the use in a preacher standing up to preach? If you're not being perfected, does everybody understand that? So we're just trying to shoot down this lie that nobody's perfect. That is a flat out lie. <laughs> does everybody understand that? So these five men, they are given for the perfecting of the saints. Everybody see that? These offices it will not deny God's word. Now we have to understand we're talking about the people who really hold these offices, not people that have put themselves in the office. There is a difference. Does everybody understand that? All right, so these men are given for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of what? The ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of what? Are we all in the unity of the faith? No. We are not all in the unity of the faith. And so we don't get to etch out the offices that we don't like. 
Does everybody understand that? So, verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto what? What kind of man? Nobody's perfect man? <laughs> Is that in your Bible? Unto a what now? Does everybody see that? Is your Bible a lie? But not no devil ever come to me with this foolishness. Because <laughs> I'll wipe your backside with this Bible. You better stay over there. Does everybody understand that? You ain't got Bible to back up your lies. Does everybody understand that? You know, the best thing to do is to say, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't see it. And then be shown it and believe it. But the worst thing to do is to measure the Bible by your life and where you are. You have to believe the Bible before you step up to it. Does everybody understand? So look at what it says, verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto what kind of man? Unto the measure of the stature of who? The, the what now? The midget Christ? That means this Bible is supposed to be preached. These five men are given these offices for the purpose of you becoming exactly what Jesus Christ was when he was in this world. A son of God. That you are to have no limitations the same way he didn't have it. Does everybody understand that? In this world, there are two different kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. When we were born in this world, we were born in the kingdom of darkness and we had restrictions. And then the king came to bring the kingdom of heaven into this world. And he showed us what it looks like if we come over and live in his kingdom in this world. If you believe it. I can override your age and your body and make it function like you are 15 years old. If you could believe it, whatever the devil, whatever disease the devil have given you that have come upon you, I can override that and make it disappear. If you believe it, even when death set in, I can override it and reverse it. Not only bring you back from death, but heal you from what brought death in the first place. That's the kingdom of God. If you believe it, you can defy gravity. If you got somewhere to go and the plane tickets are too high, you can walk across seas. Does everybody understand that? 
that's the kingdom of God. It defies the limitations of the kingdom of darkness. It brings you right back to the Garden of Eden and you get, you get a glimpse of how your forefather Adam and Eve were living. But see, that's, that's what these five gifts, that's what these five men do. They make the kingdom of God real to you. This, it, does everybody understand that? And if you don't grasp it, you will always be living below, uh, beneath, in your limitations. You will always live beneath the kingdom of God. Does everybody understand that? It, it would be the same as if you got a car outside and you got to drive 20 miles to work every day, but you got a bike sitting on side of your car and you choose the bike. Does everybody understand that? Who's going to choose a bike over a car? Well, why choose the kingdom of... Let, let me ask this question. Don't you want to be perfect? <laughs> That's the question, I guess. Maybe we should ask, but do you want to be perfect? Or, or do you want to just continue to live in sin and, and make an excuse and lie on God about it? <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So if you want to be perfect, it's got plenty of scriptures to back up. You can override your flesh. You don't have to yield your members to the kingdom of darkness anymore. And see, these five offices, these five men, they come to establish people in the kingdom of God so that you can understand you no longer play by the rules of the devil. Does everybody understand that? You are no longer under the curse of that you see that so verse 13 let's read that again till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god unto what kind of man a perfect man unto the measure in other words this is your measuring stick the stature of the fullness of christ that's who you measure yourself against am i can i do the same thing that jesus christ was doing The Bible says that Jesus Christ came in the flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. Can I condemn it in the flesh? How many of you got a list of sins the Lord did? How many? And you shouldn't have a list either for yourself after you've come to him. Does everybody understand that? The Lord said he ain't going to deny himself. In other words, he ain't going to come down to our level to make you feel better about yourself. You have to come up and measure yourself against him, not against your friends and what the Lord brought you out of. What measure about who you bring, he's bringing you to. He's the measuring stick. Does everybody understand that? Now think about this, how if you run in a race, when you're running, you got more at stake than just being in the front. Because it's got people at the, at the finish line that's timing you. So you can be running in front of a bunch of people, and you can be in front of a bunch of people who are just slow. But that don't mean you ain't supposed to run fast. You still being timed. You got some records that you want to beat. Does everybody understand that? And so but just because we live in a sloppy, raggedy society, you don't race against them. 
race against what Jesus did. What what was his what was his time when he crossed the finish line? I at least want to get to that time. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> that's that's the time we're trying to beat there. Forget about well, you know, I, I start. I'm the fastest one on on the track right now. The, the, the book of Hebrews give you a bunch of people that's done ran the track. Measure up to them. Can you outdo what Abraham did? What about Sarah? Does everybody understand that? Giving birth at 75 years old. Can you outdo that? Well, get there. Does everybody understand? <laughs> we got some examples of folks that overcame. All right, verse 14. That we henceforth be no more what? Children. In other words, we grow up. That is the purpose of these five men in these offices. They help us to grow up. Does everybody understand that? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of what? Doctrine. In other words, you'll know better. By the slight of who? Men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to do what? Did everybody see that? Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into who? Into who? Who is him? You're supposed to grow up in, in, into him. You're supposed to become him is what that's saying. Does everybody see that? In what? In how many things? Well, the law wasn't fornicated, so at least I got that one down. That's one thing. Lord never had a fist fight, so I ain't fighting no more. That's two things. What about the rest of it? <laughs> Which is the head, even who? Even Christ. So, I believe when we're talking about spiritual growth and we're talking about growing in the Lord, it's important that we understand the tools that God uses to, to help us to grow in God. Isn't that right? And so here we got a list of five men, five officers, and each one of these offices have a different function. And it's important that if we if we understand these functions, if we are going to grow in God. So let's read verse 11 again. And he gave some what? And that's the one we're going to start with. The apostle. Does everybody see that? Let's go real quick to the twelfth uh, chapter of First Corinthians. Is everybody there? We're going to start reading. We're going to read verse 18. 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians, verse 18. It says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath what? 
as it hath pleased him. Now let's go down to verse 28. So in other words, God does what he want to do. He pleases himself. He's the one that set the members in the body. Does everybody understand that? Now we, we just going to have to get over it. You see that? We don't get to say who's what. God does that. Does everybody understand? All right, verse 28. And God has set some in the church. Does everybody see that? First, who? Does everybody see? Everywhere you see a list, this a list of these offices listed, you're going to always see apostles first. Always, 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 always. Does everybody understand that? Everywhere you see a list of these gifts of these men, you are going to see the apostles first. All right, let's go and keep reading. And God has set some in the church, first apostles. Secondarily, who? Does everybody see that? He did it because he wanted to. I like the way Paul did this. First apostles, secondarily prophets. But you know, we don't like secondarily nothing. You have two teams out there playing football and you have two sets of trophies, the winner and the participants, and both of them the same size. So everybody win because we don't want to disappoint anybody. Well, you should have played harder. You get nothing. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Not going to baby you because you didn't win. The team that won it didn't won. But when you got a generation that's got to be pampered in that manner, it is firstly everybody. We're all the same, except we ain't. First apostles, secondarily prophets. <laughs> Isn't that in your Bible? And we better get over it. Everybody see that? Verse 28, and God had set some in the church. First, apostles. Secondarily, what? Prophets. Thirdly, who? Thirdly, who? Does everybody see that? This is going in the order of their importance. Everybody understand that? After that, what? Miracles. Then gifts of healings. Everybody see that? So you see how miracles come before gifts of healing? Now, you know, every healing is a miracle, but not every miracle is, is healing. Part in the red, that's a miracle. But nobody got healed in that. Did everybody understand that? All right, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities, diversities of what? Tongues. So who's first on the list? And there's a reason why. See, now that's what we're going to be talking about today, the, the office of, that, of the apostle. If he's first, we better understand what he's there to do. Does everybody understand that? He's the first one on the list. That means he's most important. He's the most important person in your life. Now, could you imagine a, a church 
with, with no apostle? That's chaos. I'm telling you, that's chaos all day long. <laughs> let's go. Let's go real quick. Let's go to the ninth chapter of First Corinthians. Let's flip over to the ninth chapter. Actually, uh, let's go to say hold your spot there. Let's go to Second Timothy, the second chapter. Let's go there first. So we're gonna we're gonna go over the function, what he does as an apostle, what an apostle is. Now, what it what that word apostle literally means is one that is sent with orders. An apostle is somebody that is sent with orders. He has orders. Does everybody understand that? Now, it's very, very hard. You know, this is going to be the hardest one. That, this one in that next office, the prophets, that's going to be the hardest one for people to receive. Because apostles come with some very definite authority. They come straight from God. Does everybody understand? They all really, these five officers, all of them come straight from God. But an apostle know who he is, and you ain't going to back him down off of it. Does everybody understand that? So is everybody there? The second, second chapter, Second Timothy? We're going to start reading at verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Everybody see that? You endure hardness. Endure it. Does everybody understand that? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now let's pay attention to verse 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, in other words, as an athlete, that's what the word masteries mean. If he's striving, in other words, if he is competing as an athlete, yet is he not crowned except he strive, in other words, except he compete how? Lawfully. Does everybody understand that? Cons verse 6, the husbandman that, is, that laboreth must be first partaker of what? Of the fruit. So let's, so let's explain what this apostle do. Let's read verse, verse 4 again. Uh, uh, verse 5. And if a man also strive for masteries, in other words, if he's competing as an athlete, yet he is not crowned. In other words, he don't receive a reward, except he strive lawfully. In other words, except he abide by the rules of the game. And so the apostle is the one that is sent with orders, not his orders, but yours. How many of you used to play board games when you were growing up or even as an adult? 
How many of you just understood how to play it even before you opened the pack? You had an apostle in there. You, you had, when you opened up that game, you had instructions. Does everybody understand that? You understood there's no use in even getting started in this game unless I understand the rules. I don't know how many different rules and how many different versions of the game poker there is. I think that's one reason why I, I used to be interested in playing, wanting to play poker. But I just never got into it because it was so, it's so many different Rules, you know, before you play, they tell you straight six or straight whatever they play. You know, this this is the game we're playing. This is the version of, you know, even Uno got a lot of different rules. And you have to make sure everybody know what the rules are or else it's going to be a fight. Does everybody understand that? And so <laughs> before we start running this race, we better know what's acceptable and what's not. We have to know we're not going to get crowned if we're breaking the rules. My wife, when she was younger, she ran track. What, 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 uh, what, what did you do in track during your track career? High jump, hurdles, 400 meter relay, so in a relay, what are you doing? You have to do what now? How long is that? How long is that race? 400 meters, right? 100 meter per person. And so when you pass them, the baton, how many of you have ever seen that that race? Do you know that there is a there is a limit? You can't run the whole second leg if you're the first leg trying to pass the baton to the person you're supposed to be. You got so many feet to pass the baton or you're disqualified. Does everybody understand that? So before you run in a race, you understand what the rules are or you're disqualified. So 400 meters is what? Is that one time around the track? One time around the track. So... What is what is easier, running around the whole track or cutting across the football field to get to the other side, while your while your opponents is still in the curb on that end? What's easier, cutting across the field? Can you win that way? Will they crown you? But folks do that every Sunday in church, and in their life, I'm gonna cut corners. Forget about being perfect. Does everybody understand that? And so what this is saying is, don't even bother. Don't even bother running this race that Christ has called you to, race, to run if you don't understand the rules. You will constantly get disqualified. You have to know the rules. Does everybody understand that? How many of you ever played Monopoly? My favorite part is, getting past go that was food stamps all day long that's free what was it two hundred dollars but you know it's got some other stuff that that's in the monopoly game go to jail 
Go straight to jail. Don't pass go. Don't come two hundred dollars. You go straight there. I don't want to do that. I like going past go. And so since I'm living for the Lord and I'm making my own rules, I'm going to just read this like it's telling me to go past go. I'm going to ignore going to jail. Does everybody understand that? You see how people live when they refuse to follow God's word? Does everybody understand that? How many of you ever pulled that card when you were playing Monopoly? Go to jail. Go straight to jail. Do not pass go. I mean, they lay it out for you. Go shoot yourself. Shoot yourself in the head. That's really what it, what it need to be saying. <laughs> if your heart's in it. <laughs> Go to jail, loser. Go straight there. And you ain't getting paid. How many of you ever pull that card? How many of you just say, well, you know what? That's y'all interpretation. <laughs> I don't see that. That's not what that means to me. The God is a good God. He's a loving God. <laughs> Isn't that something? We're going to obey as, as much as we hate it. We're going to obey the monopoly game. And your soul ain't, ain't tied to it. But we'll disobey God's word about crucifying flesh. Because we don't want to crucify flesh. Does everybody understand that? So what the apostles do is they come and they give you the orders, whatever they may be. They lay it out for you. This this is the game that we're playing. And these are the rules of the game. You know why? Because we want as long as you're in this game, we want you to receive a crown. But you will disqualify yourself when you bypass what God's word says. And not it is, it is not according to your own interpretation. Does everybody understand that? This Bible tells us that scriptures is not up for private interpretation. That's talking about you in your Bible study time. That's private. That is, is not up for your interpretation. God didn't give you the interpretation. He gave these offices, especially that prophet, the interpretation is up to you to believe it because he was sent to help perfect you. He was sent to help raise you up so that you're no longer a spiritual baby. So children don't raise themselves. That apostle is the daddy. He sets the rule of the house and he has his orders from God. But that's what people don't like. I don't like rules that, that you know. Don't like rules. I just prefer to just freestyle it. I let the Lord lead me. The Lord ain't going to lead you in anything outside of what these apostles have established. Does everybody understand that? Read verse 5. 
And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to what? According to what now? That's a full statement. According to what? <laughs> Does everybody see that? According to my gospel. Does everybody see that? Look at what he says, verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. In other words, you can find something wrong with me and you can put me, you know, you can give me the card or go to jail, go straight to jail. And I may go there, but the word of God still means what it says when you get done persecuting me. When you get done with all that fight you got on the inside of why you going to disobey in your own interpretation, that word still means exactly what it says. Does everybody understand that? My Bible says he that sin is of the devil. <laughs> and when you get done disputing that, it's still going to say it. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Verse 10, therefore, I endure all things for who? Because not everybody is the elect. The elect is going to catch it. Except the office of an apostle, they'll understand I need some order in my life. That they may also obtain the salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Does everybody see that? So that is part of the issue. That is part of what the apostles are sent to do. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking an apostle has to have 20 churches, 30 churches. You know, that's that's a that's a. Uh, apostles, that is not their job to start churches, although they may do that. Their job is to establish churches in the truth. In other words, to lay down the rules of the kingdom of God. This is how you run this race. This is what it's going to take. Does everybody understand that? That's their job, to establish a foundation in you. So at least when you're playing the game, you know how to play and you know what to expect. And when you see somebody else moving, you understand that's how they're supposed to move. Does everybody understand? Now let's go to the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians.
the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to start reading at verse 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? Does everybody see that? Everybody's running in a race is running in a race, in other words. But look at what he says. But one receiveth the prize. So you got a whole slew of people. You might have eight people out there running on the track. But only one of them is going to win. Does everybody understand that? So but look so look at what he says. So he's he's telling you this for this reason. Look at what he says. So run that ye may obtain. The, it's it's a whole world running. The whole world is running on that track. But he's telling you, you run to win. You run to win. Does everybody understand that? Look at what he says. But one receiveth the prize. Who's that one? Team Jesus. That's the only one that's going to win. That's the only team that's going to win. Everybody understand that? Verse 25, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. In other words, I'm sure. Somebody that's running a race, if they're not sure they're going to win, they're not going to win. People that win races, they in their in their hearts and their minds, they sure they're gonna win. Does everybody understand that? And so what is this saying to us as believers? When you are living for God, you ought to be sure without a shadow of a doubt that everything that you're that the things that you're doing for Jesus Christ is not in vain. You ought to be certain. I'm gonna win. Because I'm on the right team. Does everybody understand that? And so the devil also has his teams. Now, Jesus Christ only got one team. The devil got several teams running under different names that will not win. Now, here's the other thing. <laughs> there are also runners out there running with Jesus across their chest like their own team Jesus. But you know what they do when they get to a certain part of the track? They run across the field. And when they stand before the Lord, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, have we not did this? Have we not did? And he's going to say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? What made you think you could win a game by cheating? Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, one of the biggest cheats is nobody is perfect. You know what that does? It takes you, it takes the effort out of you. I no longer have to run to win because nobody's going to win anyway. I no longer have to, I no longer have to grow 
If nobody's perfect, what's the purpose in growing? Let's just all put some pampers on. And poop in our diapers because nobody's perfect. Somebody's going to come along and change me. Does everybody see that? You see how it just takes it just takes any effort. It just any it, it takes away even your ability to grow if nobody's perfect. You see, if you believe that lie, but you got a lot of people with that name strapped across their chest, but they ain't living by it. Does everybody see that? All right, let's go and keep reading. Verse twenty-six. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that do what? Beateth the air. Does everybody see that? So he's talking about fist fighting. How many of you ever want to fight boxing the air? How many of you ever been in a fist fight? What was the purpose of the fist fight? To hit your opponent. How many of you turned your back to your opponent and started punching the air? In other words, what's the purpose? If you're going to fight, fight your opponent. In other words, you need to be hitting a target. But somebody who have not been established in this life by an apostle, they're going to be beating the air. Their life in Christ is just going to be based on how they feel that day. Today I'm not victorious. I feel like I'm losing to the devil. So God's grace and mercy, you're going to have to cover me. I don't feel like praying today and God's just going to have to get over it. Whatever I feel like today, that's what we're going to do. And because God and because nobody's perfect, then God just have to accept whatever mess I give him. I'm not, I, you know, there are no rules. Does everybody understand that? Y'all want me to show you what that look like? You get in your boys. Y'all come on up here. Joshua, come on up here. Let me show y'all what it look like. Y'all, y'all stand on the four corners of this stage here. Let me show y'all what, what the Christian life look like for some people. All right, y'all stand in front of the chair. Like, well, no, y'all stand on the corners, though. All right, you move right there. We playing a game. Y'all following? All right, you move over there. All right, you move right there. All right, you move right there. Joshua, move right there. Y'all get the pattern yet? Because there is no pattern. We just moving. No rules. Y'all want to keep playing? That's what y'all go sit down. I ain't, me neither. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> That's what it looked like when you ain't got order. Just whatever. Just whatever I feel like doing today. Nothing established. No rules. We could, we could come up with some rules to make this interesting. <laughs> but no rules. Just you move. Okay, you move. You move now. All right, I'm tired. That's the life of folks that have not been established in the kingdom of God. They living in a kingdom that has rules, but they are not obeying the rules, not interested in the rules, not interested in really being established. So they just day by day, we just come up with our own thing. Does everybody understand that? And what the apostle does is he comes and he establishes order. 
Does everybody understand that? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 27. But I keep. Let's read verse 26 again. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. Everybody understand that? In other words, I'm running with purpose. Why? Because I understand the rules. Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my, but I keep under my body, everybody understand that, and bring it unto what? Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, these rules are also for apostles. They don't come and tell you how to live and then don't live it. In other words, this is this don't nobody can get by. We all have to abide by these rules. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, the apostles and prophets, the church is built on their foundation, according to the word of God. In other words, what their interpretation of the scripture, not yours, not you making yourself an apostle and then interpreting scripture. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> Let's go real briefly. Let's go to the third chapter of First Timothy. And we're just going to use this as an example. How many of you believe Paul was an apostle? Yeah, he said he was. Now, listen, if we if we reject that, we might as well just throw the whole Bible away. Does everybody understand that? Now, listen, he said that you obtain salvation through. He said he was talking to the people at that time. My gospel. You are going to be judged by what your apostle preaches to you. Is basically what he was saying. Does everybody understand that? So does that, so do we believe that this is the word of God? Is everybody there? The the second let let's back up to the second chapter of First Timothy. Let's read that real real briefly. Is everybody there? Verse nine. In like manner, also, that women adorn themselves in what kind of apparel? In what kind of apparel? Does everybody see that? Was that just a good idea? He's establishing some order. Does everybody understand that? That wasn't, he wasn't just saying that because he don't like flashy cold clothes. Let's go and keep reading. In modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. Not with what? Not with what now? You think he meant that? Do you know, sisters, God does not want you wearing braided hair. 
Now you you are just supposed to take what he says and live by it. You you are not to even need an explanation of why. Look at what it let's read that again. Is that in your Bible? Not with that word broad, it means braided. Not with braided hair. You as a woman of God should not have braided hair. Is that in your Bible? Now, let me tell you why it's there. Do you know who wore, who, what braided hair represent? Medusa. The Greek goddess. How many of you ever seen Medusa? You know what's, what's in her head. Snakes. It was a curse to her. Paul understood that. He lived in that day. Does everybody understand that now? Now listen, God ain't going to go through all his word and tell you why he's saying stuff. I'm going to just tell you this little part of it. That's the reason why you don't wear, wear braided hair, because of what it represents. Well, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, and looking like Medusa. Got the same devils she had. Do you know, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to understand the why. What is on the inside of you is what's going to manifest outwardly. The devil will have you doing all kind of weird stuff. And you won't, you'll just think, well, this is a nice hairstyle. Does your hair grow braided like that? Does everybody understand that? So is that in y'all's Bible? I'm telling you, you might not like it. I, well, that's just rules and rules and rules. Every kingdom got rules. Every last kingdom, the kingdom of darkness got rules. Does everybody understand that? Look what it says. Not with braided hair. Does it say not? Not with braided hair or what? Or what? <laughs> Is that just exclusive to this ministry? I'm trying to show you these apostles, they got their orders from God. These things, they weren't, weren't just up, you know, just right now you don't understand, so you ain't got to obey it. That ain't the way, that ain't the way they played it. If you want to be a part of this ministry, this is how we do it. That's what Paul was saying. This is the order of God. No braided hair. Look at what else he says. No gold or what? Pearls or what? Cost. Expensive clothes. Is that in y'all's Bible? You know why? Because he understood pride was behind that stuff. When somebody don't feel like nothing on the inside, they're going to show, make themselves feel like something on the outside. 
He understood clothes, you can dress junk and cover it to where you feel like God ain't got to fix it. Does everybody understand that? You, you do know that's what's behind costly array. I feel like crap. I don't think much of myself because I ain't in this race that God, I, you know, God is the only boost that I really have. And right now I don't feel it. So I'm going to dress it. How many of you ever seen tuxedos on pigs? Obviously, how many of you have seen pictures of tuxedos on They still pigs though, right? They waste their time <laughs> putting a pig in a pack in a store and said, this pig wore a tuxedo and he's still going to get eight. I'm going to fry him up right with some eggs. I don't care how good he was living. He was still a filthy swine pig. Does everybody understand that? But today he's bacon. And that's what people do. They dress pigs up. They dress uncleanness up. They dress fornication up, adultery, lies. They dress it up. And it's still a lie. Does everybody understand that? And so what Paul says is, don't, don't dress your junk up. You don't dress up flesh, you crucify it. <laughs> Does everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. So, so do we see the apostle here establishing order? You think that was just him just, you know, just feel like writing today? Let's go ahead and keep reading. But which becometh women professing what? With what? Good works. Dress that up. Do something. Does everybody understand that? Verse 11, let the women learn how? How are they supposed to learn? With all what? Was that just a good idea? Verse 12, but I suffer not a woman to do what? Was that just a good idea? Or are these the rules to the game? You find a church that's not obeying this, I'll show you a church with disorder. Does everybody understand that? But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over who? Nor to usurp authority over who? That right there wipes you, wipes away a woman being a pastor. You can forget about it. I don't care how gifted you think you are, how much of God's word you think you know, know this part of it. And I ain't got nothing against women, but I got something against disorder. If we can get outside of God's word, then what's the use of living for God? Does everybody understand that? But I suffer 
not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be what? Well, this is 2021. Yeah, and hell is still burning hot. So let's obey it. Hell ain't losing its fire. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Everybody see that? So you could say, well, you know, this is a new day. So did God go back in time and reverse the order of what, who was formed first? <laughs> as long as Adam was formed first, we're supposed to obey this word. Everybody understand that? And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Everybody see that? So you see the order there? Now, we, we wanted to bring this out, not necessarily to, to preach this, but to bring this point out. Let's go now to the third chapter of 1 Timothy. And we're going to read verse 14. Look at what he says. These things write I unto you, thee, hoping to come unto you shortly. Verse 15. But if I tarry long... Does everybody see that? In other words, I'm writing, to, I'm writing these things to you, and I'm hoping that I can come to you shortly. In other words, pretty quick. But if I tarry long, in other words, if I don't come long, if I don't come right away, I'm writing these things to you that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. I see that? Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the what? The truth. You see, I'm, basically, I'm writing to you to establish some order. I'm hoping that I can come to you pretty quickly. But if I can't, this, these are the things that need to be laid out so you'll know how to behave. Does everybody see that? In other words, I'm writing these things to you to establish order. This is how these are the rules for playing the game Christian. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so you might know. You might know. I've heard, I've heard women say, well, bump Paul. I'm, I'm telling you, Paul ain't my apostle. And then get up in church and preach the next week from what Paul wrote. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've heard him say to bump Paul. He ain't my father. He's a woman hater. Now, I'm trying to show you. If we are not, we have to be established in the truth and the apostles come to establish us in the truth so that we're no longer tossed to and fro. If you listen, you know, the danger of denying one part of this word that we read. If we deny one part, we can throw it all away. That's the danger. And if we does everybody understand that anybody that deny one part of this word, you can throw it all away. You could just, and, th and then you just, so then what Bible are you living by? None. And that's where the majority of churches are today, not living by anybody's Bible. 
they oh they preach from it they find little little pieces and sections where that's going to encourage you and stuff like that but ain't none of it establishing you in the truth what is the use of preaching god's blessings to a bunch of people who are disobeying god it's useless you see that but i'm telling you if you want to get established if you want to come to the full stature of Christ, if you want to live the way that he lived, you have to obey his word. You have to be established in the truth of his word so nobody can back you down from it. Does everybody understand that? Me personally, it would, I, I wouldn't care if I was a drunkard. If I was a drunkard out whoremongering. And somebody tried to come to me and tell me, well, you know, that's fine. You know, God forgive you. You know, nobody's perfect. I would say you are a lying devil. As drunk as I want to be, you are a liar. You're not going to give me a place to go to. You're not going to, in other words, you're not going to take that place from me. When I do repent, I'm going to have somewhere to go. You're not going to tell me that I can be a drunkard and a whoremonger and nobody's perfect and I can still get to heaven. You know that you know what nobody's perfect equal the preacher is taking the finish line from you. Does everybody understand that? He's telling you to run but nobody's going to win. It ain't no finish line there. Then what's the use in running? <laughs> I'm running to receive a crown. Does everybody understand that? And that's that's God's will. You see that? So let's be established in the truth. You have to have somewhere to go. Does everybody understand that? And, and I believe the Lord is saying this for a reason about this perfection. I'm telling you, the apostles established that. If we remove the perfection part, just, just that little piece, if we remove that from your Christian walk, you, you know what we're telling you? Give your life to the Lord. But don't expect to live any better than what you were living when you were out in the world. You can just keep doing what you've been doing. Now, even the world got enough more sense than that. You ain't got to be holding those fields to know if you go to if you live for the Lord, you're supposed to be doing better. But what that doctrine does is it takes the better away. Does everybody understand that? Listen, brothers and sisters, we as believers, we we ought to not be satisfied with running just a little bit faster than the world. Does everybody understand that? Our big brother, Jesus Christ, was running, running 100 miles an hour. So, I, yeah, he's way ahead of where the, where the world is. And I'm not satisfied with just being a few feet ahead of the world, not thinking that I'm better than the world. But listen, I want to run on side of him. Everybody understand that? Not two miles behind him and five feet in front of sinners. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Because where he's at, that's where the miracles are. That's where the kingdom of God is. My prayer is that we, we'll, we'll get some more uh, information if the Lord say the same. Uh, 
uh, on another day. We'll talk some more about this office and go more in detail and show you uh, how Paul and some of the other apostles, how they established order and, and some of the things that they did. But we just wanted to lay some groundwork today of what these apostles are sent to do. They're sent to establish the Lord Jesus Christ in your hearts because you're going to need that. When the devil come for you, when the devil try to trip you up, when he try to knock you off balance, you better know where you're standing. And if you don't have a definite belief system and if you're not standing and established on the word of God, he's going to push you off of there. Does everybody understand that? You have to know where you are standing. And that's what that apostle does. Does everybody understand that? He stands you up. On the word of God so that the devil can't knock you off of it. He establishes that word in your heart so that when the devil comes, you listen. And let me show you the trick. And, and let me just share this with you before we close today. So you get sick in your body. How many of you ever got sick in your body? How many of you ever prayed that the Lord would heal you? How many of you ever use scriptures? That by his stripes I'm healed. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I, don't have, I, I can get better. How many of you ever did that? But I'm going to tell you something. It's hard to believe by his stripes I'm healed if I don't believe I can be perfect. If I disbelieve that these five men were sent for the perfecting of the saints... If I disbelieve what Jesus Christ told me to do, be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect, then I might quote Isaiah 53 and 5, but I ain't going to believe it. That's up in the air. It, why? Because now it's just all according to somebody's interpretation. Just like be ye therefore perfect is up for interpretation, the rest of it is too. So I ain't got nothing to stand on. When you can make one word say something else and mean something else that it don't mean. Does everybody understand that? My wife and I, we were, we were talking with this older couple one time and the, the lady was saying, but yeah, yeah, well, I, I understand that, you know, the woman's, you know, the Bible says that wives submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. But what does that word submit mean? I don't know. I guess whatever you want it to mean, ma'am. But I know I'm not about to sit here and argue with you about it. Does everybody understand that? We, you know we can do that with any word? Did he mean submit? What, is that, I mean, what does that really mean? And it is the devil. It is the oldest, the, literally, literally, the oldest trick in the book. What trick did God really say? Did he really mean it when he said, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die? I don't. He didn't mean that. That's your interpretation. That's the reason why you've been following this rule of not eating from this tree. You got the wrong interpretation, Eve. <laughs> he didn't really mean that. Everybody see that? Literally the oldest trick in the book. And you know what? Listen. How <laughs> I many of you ever heard that term, one trick pony? What's the use of the devil pulling out all of his arsenal from hell? I ain't got to pull out machine guns and machetes when I'm killing you with a BB gun. 
<laughs> Does everybody understand that? If I can cause the whole church world to go to hell behind doubting what they're reading and just accepting it the way it says it, I, I, what else? I ain't got nothing else to do. You making my job easy. Does everybody see that? So that's the dangers of it. You believe God's word, so when, it, when, when, when your life is in danger and when the devil comes for your life, you'll believe what it says about your life. Does everybody understand now? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what we've heard today. And Lord, we ask that you will help us to really take heed to what you're saying to us, Lord. Help us not to take these things for granted. Help us to accept the offices, Lord, the men that you've sent as gifts to us so that we can be established in your truth, Lord. If there's anything in us that have ever doubted what you've said, ever tried to make something that you've said, something that is not, Lord, we ask that you will forgive us. That you will just help us, Lord, to just be open to receive what you say that so that we can be established in your truth and we can stand on your word. And we, Lord, we know that your word is truth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If the Lord will now, we'll go ahead and be dismissed and we'll head on to the back and we'll discuss the things that we've heard so far.